1: The Trump administration has finally gotten a win in court for its travel ban, although it's only temporary. The Supreme Court has put a lower court ruling on hold until the justices rule on Trump's overall travel ban after oral arguments on October 10th. The order will allow the administration to temporarily stop as many as 24,000 refugees from entering the country. Joining me are Leon Fresco, a partner at Holland and Knight, and Josh Blackman, a professor at South Texas College of Law. Josh, this relates to one part of an appeals court ruling. So give us the background on that ruling.
2: This is the case that goes on and on and <laughs> on. The most recent iteration at the Supreme Court concerned whether the government can deny entry to certain refugees who have what are called assurances from these resettling agencies but don't have any sort of independent relationship with the U.S. person. The Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit said the government was required to admit these people numbering maybe 20,000 or so. Um, The Supreme Court in an unsigned order yesterday said at least for now the government can continue denying entry to these refugees.
1: Leon, what was the argument of the Trump administration asking the justices to put this part of the ruling on hold?
3: Well, the Trump administration basically made two points. The simplest point was to say that there would have been no travel ban on the refugee program if this arrangement about the uh, assurances from resettlement agencies would have been considered exempt from the travel ban because every single refugee would meet that criteria of having that uh, that assurance from the refugee resettlement agency, that, that that agreement, and so they said there's no way the Supreme Court would have issued a a order restoring the travel ban for refugees but exempting this group because there there wouldn't be any group left to exempt. And then the larger issue is again this this sort of global issue of what due process right somebody who has absolutely no Relationship or connection with the United States has, and uh, and I, the court stepped in and agreed that in this refugee situation where someone has no contact whatsoever with any individual in the United States, it's not appropriate to allow uh, entry in, in, in at least until this travel ban issue gets resolved on the, the merits.
1: And Josh. The state of Hawaii has been fighting back hard on all of these uh, uh, these issues before the Ninth Circuit. What was the argument there?
2: Well, the argument has to do with the Supreme Court's order. Um, the Supreme Court uh, used somewhat nebulous language about how much of a relationship – a refugee has to have with the United States. Likewise, the court used somewhat nebulous language about what amounts to a close family member. So since June and July, the Ninth Circuit and the U.S. government have been fighting over how to read the Supreme Court's earlier decision. Um, My sense is at this point, the Supreme Court is basically saying, okay, you guys, you've had your fun. We're going to hear oral arguments in about a month. We'll take care of it from here. Thanks for playing. Uh, and and look, look what happens later. I think that's the message the court is saying, that after months and months of bickering and fighting, the court will handle this, you know, perhaps once and maybe for all. Uh,
1: Josh, it's a one-sentence order, and since there were no dissents, can we assume that all the justices agreed, or might they not? W- no wouldn't consent? that be easy?
2: Right, <laughs> wouldn't that be easy? That would be easy. Uh, the Supreme Court's an odd place. Um, with these sorts of unsigned orders, even though there's no dissent, that doesn't mean that all of the justices went along with it. And uh, if you read the one sentence closely, it basically says, here's our ruling for now, which means that the justices reserve the right to revisit it later, next week, next month, who knows. Um, so it's really difficult to read too far into it. But one thing that I think is worth stressing the fact that the court didn't, I'm sorry, the fact that the court blocked the Ninth Circuit provides at least some evidence that a majority of the justices disagreed with the Ninth Circuit, at least in part. And in particular, Justice Kennedy has this habit that when he votes to put a lower court on hold, in almost every case, he reverses the lower court. I've done the numbers on this. So this, this is somewhat of a good news for the government. On several occasions, the lower court ruled against the government. And in each case, the Supreme Court pushed back against the lower courts.
1: We've been talking about the Trump administration getting a temporary uh, ruling from the Supreme Court, putting on hold until the justices rule on Trump's overall travel ban Uh, what the Ninth Circuit had done, which is uh, allow 24,000 refugees who are connected with refugee associations into the company. That has now been put on stop. I've been talking with Leon Fresco, a partner at Holland and Knight, and Josh Blackman, professor at South Texas College of Law. Leon, I'm curious, the Trump administration said it disagreed with the Ninth Circuit's ruling on what constitutes a relative for purposes of the travel ban. But it decided not to appeal that part of the order. Why not appeal the whole order?
3: I think that because of the, the time frame here that's coming up with regard to vetting and with regard to the oral argument both, I think they decided that the they, they really wanted to focus on this refugee issue where there was sort of the least connection and accountability for who was coming in and and, and just for now hunt on the issue of the of the relative because they just thought that wasn't maybe the most firmest place to have an argument right now with the Supreme Court.
1: And Josh, let's talk about what's going to happen on October tenth. There are Two cases, I believe, that are linked. Who's going to be making the arguments?
2: Well, I will be there on October 10th. Um, as far as I can tell, Neil Katyal, who represents the state of Hawaii, uh, will be representing the uh, both parties. Uh, Katyal was a former uh, deputy solicitor general for the Obama administration, and is now in private practice in Washington, D.C. Um, this case will consider the whole enchilada, not just grandparents, not just refugees, but the order by itself. And the big question, the first big question that will be asked at the gate, do we still need to decide this? Um, President Trump issued the first travel ban back in January, it feels like a lifetime ago, and it was designed to work for 90, 90 days. Never made it 90 days, didn't even make it a week. Um, in March, he issued a second executive order, which again was meant to last for 90 days. Um, That 90 days didn't start ticking right away because the courts blocked it. But after the Supreme Court allowed part of the order to go into effect, some argue the clock started ticking. Um, I'm not entirely sure. The government may argue that because they've never had a full 90 days to implement the entire ban, the case is still alive. Um, Or the government could argue, well, our 90 days lapsed, let's just get rid of this case. Uh, but I don't think the justices will be so keen to dump the case. I think they want to resolve this because it presents a significant separation of powers question, and in each instance where the lower courts have fallen out of line, the justices without recorded dissent push back.
1: And Leon, on the other side, I assume it would be the acting U.S. Solicitor General, Jeffrey Walworth, who will be yeah, arguing?
3: Yeah, Jeffrey Wall. I, I assume will argue the case unless by some miracle the uh, person who. The Wells goes up for uh, attorney general is confirmed. Uh, sorry, for solicitor general is confirmed before then. and I suppose the actual solicitor general, who's the Senate confirmed one, would be confirmed before then. Uh, would would argue it, and you know the the, the government is. Uh, I, I'm a little. I'm a little bit maybe uh, uh, more bullish on on this case being mooted out, just because. This principle, this statutory authority, is extremely necessary, and the and the question is, does the court want to, in some way, deal with this authority in this context, which is such an inflammatory context, when this authority to ban people, whether it be for uh, illness or for other, you know, global catastrophes? Uh, yes. Do they really want to start putting a question mark on that statutory authority now uh, based on sort of the, the genesis of this when they can move it out? I, I I sort of actually maybe I see a desire maybe more to move this out than, than than my colleague does, but we'll see.
1: We will see. Uh, Josh, what will be the main argument?
2: Um, I think the government's first argument is that Congress gave the president the authority to do this. So, the statute enacted some 50 years ago, which said the president can deny entry to aliens or classes of aliens he deems detrimental to the United States' interests. Um, And this has been an authority exercised by many presidents. Uh, President Reagan denied entry to all Cubans during one of our uh, fits with Castro in the 80s, and no one alleged that was unconstitutional. Um, The biggest counter argument, I think, is whether Trump's statements both before the inauguration and after the inauguration, about Islam and Muslims, taints his action such that courts will find he's acting without uh, rationality that he's inspired by animus. Um, This is a novel claim. Uh, The courts have jumped on it, the lower courts. I'm not so sure the Supreme Court jumps on it
3: with the same zeal.
1: And Leon, what is the strongest argument on the other side?
3: Well, the other side is going to depend on this argument that the manner in which the travel ban was enacted was so uh, was so discriminatory that, that the the protections that normally apply strictly for U.S. citizens on equal protection on issues that you know shouldn't be religious discrimination uh, under the First Amendment. Those issues translate into this immigration context, which would be the first time the Supreme Court has ever held that. That, that's it, that people who act, absolutely have no connection to the United States do have some ability, to, assuming they have a qualifying relative here, which may be a, a limiting caveat, to be able to be treated in a non-religious discriminatory way. I, I I, I will want to duck You know, that Larry, we're—
1: we're Leon we're losing you so uh but we're coming toward uh, the end of this particular segment. So we will pick up with this again with both of you, I am sure, because there is a lot more to come on these issues. That's Leon Fresco, he's a partner at Holland and & Knight, and Josh Blackman, a professor at South Texas College of Law. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about this breaking news. Russia's effort to influence U.S. voters through Facebook and other social media is a red-hot focus of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Investigation into the 2016 election and possible links to President Donald Trump. And there's also a Facebook issue involved here. This is Bloomberg. I'm June Gosso.
0: What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis,